We're trying a new format, folks. Um, this format is uh, on Twitch, but it's coming to you from Mellon, of all places. Um, so anyway, uh, I've got it set up to record just in case it doesn't do a live show. <laughs> um, this is all new to us. Uh, you're talking about three guys that are a little bit older, and some of this technology is a little hard to absorb. But, um, hey, we're doing our best, you know. So we're going to give it a shot tonight. Uh, the three of us are going to talk about uh, uh, deep underground military bases. Plus, we're going to throw into that um, something uh, that's uh, everything has a progenitor. You know, you and I have progenitors. The world and the universe have a progenitor being the Lord, but um, so does the dark side. And and uh, some of the things things that uh, we unwittingly involve ourselves in sometimes can lead to um, the dark forces coming against us and trying to ruin our lives. Plus, there's some obvious things that you know that the darkness wants us to get into, and people do that too. So um, we're going to go ahead and explore those things, but. Um, uh, I want to introduce, I got uh, Gordy up there on the upper right. Hi, Gordy. Hi. <laughs> uh, hey, got Gordy. Brian. Got Brian down in the lower right. Hi, everybody. And my mug shot here in the, up, well, to the left, I guess. Yeah, that's left, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, it's been a heck of a day, folks. Got about 10 and a half hours of driving yesterday. So anyway, um, to, I'm going to go ahead and, um, Gordy, I know you've been on before. You introduced yourself so folks know who you are. But uh, I, I got to say, folks, that, that Gordy is really adept. Um, he, his knowledge is incredible when it comes to things. Um, I don't think there's a subject Gordy and I have talked about that he didn't know about. <laughs> it's been really neat. And uh, so Gordy's been a real blessing, and as is Brian, because Brian's quite adept when it comes to stuff, too. So, um, Gordy, uh, you, you, both of you, I think, had a chance to read that, uh, that book, right? That, uh, Dulcy book? Yes. Okay. Okay. I haven't read um, it, but, uh, I read, uh, various chapters, yes. Oh, so what did you think? Well, some of the stuff I've heard before when I was researching, um, uh, you know, underground bases. Uh-huh. And uh, so it's some of it's news and some of it's old, um, but the book contains a lot of information. And, and you know, when I was reading some of the stuff before, I I didn't have as much details as I have now with with the book. That book is available yeah. for anybody to look at it. I guess online, right? Yeah, yeah. I um, what I'm going to do is um, in the days to come, um, I you know I don't want I was going to work it on Patreon. But, you know, it's almost like you're selling it when you offer it on Patreon. And I don't, I can't sell it. It's copywritten. Um, so I'm just going to put a link on my website um, for people to click on and have it on there so they could download it and read it. So, yeah. But it is available online. You just have to do a lot of searching for it. And, Brian, I think I sent you a copy. Did you get a chance to take a gander at any of it? or? I, I read about oh, 50 page or 30 pages of it. So I didn't oh, okay. So, but no, it was really good. It's really in depth. Very, yeah. very detailed. So what we're talking about, folks, is a, a, a compilation of different, uh, excuse me, different authors 
that have put together things about the Dulce base. Not only that, but also about what they call the Dulce Wars and also about the um, the Groom Lake Wars, too. They have a section about that in there. And uh, it's really incredible. Um, and it, it all ties in, wouldn't you say, Gordy, with David Jacobs and what he's trying to tell us about that? Yeah, David Jacobs uh, wrote a book called The Threat, and mm-hmm. it's based on his interviews uh, and work with uh, many abductees over uh, many, many uh, years. Uh, some of these abductees are from other countries. And he was starting to see um, something that was emerging from what the abductee said about some kind of world, some type of governance for this planet. And it's called the change. Mm-hmm. The change uh, involves... It sounds like some kind of hybrid human uh, federation or alliance that mm-hmm. will uh, govern the world. Um, and But he was alarmed uh, when he heard that the abductee said that those that do not cooperate with this this kind of an alliance or, or, uh, or governments, governance, right. there's no future for them. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds very ominous. It sounded... Uh, you know, kind of fascistic or, or uh, you know, authoritarian in nature. And right. So, uh, how would you say, um, how would you say, uh, um, David, how does fit this fits with in what you've heard about that deep underground bases? I think it fits um, like this. Yeah. You know, um, because it just confirms everything I've read in the past, you know, the Phil Schneider stuff. And I think that Phil Schneider um, is mentioned in the Dulce book, too, several times. And um, it's just um, it's just amazing. I don't know. I just it just tied everything together. Basically, it was like the glue that's holding the rest of it together. Yeah. Uh, So um, I, I don't know. I just really liked it. And. You know, there was what I found kind of confusing, Gordy, is the guy was um, the guy that put it all together. Brandon, I think his name was. Yes. Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. He um, he brought a lot of scripture into it. And which makes you think that, you know, he's um, a believer or something like that. But at the same time, he talks about um, these entities coming from the Pleiades. And, and, and you and I talked about that and you had an interesting insight to that because you know you can't have it both ways when it comes to who these things are but you brought right. something interesting into that remember you were talking about the yeah um uh la marzulli has written some books about the uh the nephilim and he he talks about the three heavens um, mm-hmm. the first heaven is our atmosphere around our our planet you know the heavens above right. us um the second heaven is I guess everywhere else in the universe, and the third heaven is the realm of God. Mm-hmm. So the second heaven is mentioned um, in the Bible. In the Book of Job, it talks about the Pleiadian star system and the Orion uh-huh. star system. So is it a, is there a possibility that if these beings are interdimensional, not they could have an extraterrestrial component to what they are as well, but they could be you know, anywhere in our universe, but they can travel between the folds and slips between dimensions to, to get here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Jacques Bali, he, he originally held to the ET hypothesis, but from further research, 
into folklore and things that are parallel to the uh, UFO phenomenon entities, he came to a conclusion we're dealing with an interdimensional phenomenon. Right. See, once we have something that's interdimensional, then and it it also reveals itself as being spiritual. Mm-hmm. Then we have some ways to discern whether it really is from God or not. That's so, true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we could use scripture as a litmus test, right? Yeah. In fact, I found a scripture I wanted to read a little bit. Um, okay. Sure. Um, it's from the book of Deuteronomy, and it's just going to have to hold his mic up. I, I yeah, can't. Hear him. I have to hold the book and yeah. I have to clip this mic. <laughs> I'll try to speak a, a little louder then. Okay. Uh, you may be familiar with this. It says Deuteronomy chapter 18. I'm reading from the New Jerusalem. It's a modern translation. So. Um, okay. Okay. When you come into the land Yahweh your God gives you, you must not fall into the habit of imitating the detestable practices of the natives. There must never be anyone among you who makes a son or daughter pass through the fire practices divination, who is a soothsayer, augurer, or sorcerer, who uses charms, consults ghosts or spirits, or calls up the dead. Mm-hmm. For the man who does these things is detestable to Yahweh your God, and because of these detestable practices that God, that um, that Yahweh your God is driving these nations before you. Uh, you must be entirely faithful to Yahweh your God, for these nations whom you are disposed Supposing may listen to soothsayers and diviners, but this is not the gift that Yahweh your God gives to you. Yahweh your God will raise up for you a prophet like myself, this is Moses speaking, and among yourselves from your own brothers. To him you must listen. So who's this prophet that Moses is referring to that will be like himself? <laughs> I think it's the Lord Yeshua or Jesus. It's yeah. Messiah. It's Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but the ancient people, they had gods, right? They had gods and, and mm-hmm. magicians and sorcerers and beings that were able to kind of be the, the go between, between the gods and them. And the ancient Greek world, uh, they were called oracles. Mm-hmm. One of the most famous oracles was the Oracle of Delphi, who is, um, uh, the priestesses of that um, that temple, the Temple of Apollo, were oracles of the god Apollo. Elsewhere in Greece, there was um, there was the oracles of Zeus. So in mm-hmm. ancient world, when people wanted to consult the gods, they went to to uh, uh, people that had this mediumistic ability. Well, what I've noticed with the UFO contactee phenomena and even the abduction okay. phenomena is that there are various uh, UFO religions and cults and people encouraging contact uh, that are using protocols that are actually forbidden here in the Bible. Right. Like, right. like examples is uh, Dr. Stephen Greer's C. Seti group. What mm-hmm. is he using? Well, he has a transcendental meditation background. So he uses puja ceremonies. Uh, he uses med- certain types of meditation. Uh, there's something called mental intent. Um, mm-hmm. These are ways to invite contact. And so what are they contacting? Oh, they think they're contacting aliens, right? Right. And yeah. so these aliens pretend to be or claim to be spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so if the protocols that are they are using are already 
forbidden to the people of God, but are being used by you know people in um, in the UFO religions, UFO cults, and mm-hmm. the contactee groups. What does that tell us? Yeah, they not to mess contact, with it. They can make contact <laughs> with something, something interdimensional, something they perceive to be extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. But it may not be anything that God intends for anybody to make contact with. Yeah. Especially if these beings have a fallen angelic or fallen nature. But, mm-hmm. uh, um, so, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it just doesn't go back to the days of Moses, I don't think, because if I think it goes farther back before the flood, because I've been able to look at all the things that were, were prohibited in the book of Leviticus and kind of tie them in with some passages from the book of Enoch that tells about what happened before the flood. Because remember, Yeshua told us that when he came back, it was going to be like the days of Noah. Yeah. So what are the days of Noah like? And um, so um, if you read Enoch, you find out that they were mixing animals um, and they were sinning against plants, it says, too. So they were. They were mixing species, which geneticists are doing now. And uh, and if, oh, that's another thing I just want to bring up in a second. But, um, and they were casting charms and spells and everything else. They taught their women how to do that. And it, the whole nine yards is exactly what is prohibited in the book of Leviticus. So, excuse me. Um, one of the things that... Um, I was uh, reading about, or I was listening to a video actually last night about the Dulcie base. Is that um, uh, some of the some guy was speaking? Or boy, I wish I could remember his name. I downloaded the video, um, but he said that when he was speaking there, some uh, Native Americans have come up to him afterwards, and uh, he was kind of scared because it was a very tenuous situ- situation. Um, you know, it was very, the Native Americans didn't trust the, the white folks that were there and the white folks were kind of scared of the Native Americans. They did, you know, there'd been some history of bad, bad blood, so to speak, you know, in that area. But, uh, so anyway, um, afterwards a group of, uh, Native Americans came up and this guy was scared. And, um, so he says, the the one guy brought out a picture that he had drawn and he said, this is one of the, uh, the, the beings that we saw outside the cave. And it was very similar. He said those pictures were very similar to uh, the centaur and the monitor and things like that, that were famous in the Greek uh, arena, you know, yeah. so to speak. And so they're, they're creating those things. And if you read uh, the book of Mont, uh, excuse me, the book of giants, um, the little that you can get from it because it's fragmented. Uh, it talks about not just the Nephilim and the Gaborim, but it talks about the monsters, and I think that's a monster if it's half man and half horse or half man and half bull or, or goat or whatever, you know. And so these Native Americans, they they produced this, these papers and the guy was kind of shocked. He was like, oh, my goodness, you know, because they, they get to see everything that goes on around there. It's their land. And I think it's quite kind of interesting that the government and maybe the aliens or the fallen angels, whatever, um, that they pick lands that really people can't intrude on and they pick the lands of people who have religions that talk about the stars, the star gods and, and everything else. So it's, they kind of like 
go into an area where they're kind of going to be accepted anyway, but where interlopers cannot come in and bother them hmm. because the tribes would not allow that. So I thought that was quite interesting when, when he brought that up, though, about the, the centaurs and the monitors and the, and the Greek uh, mytholo- mythological creatures. Yeah, in the Book of Enoch, it does say that these fallen angels, or the, called the Watchers, did um, genetically alter humans and animals. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was this hybridization of animals and humans, too, like the centaur, the minotaur, and, and the Medusa, and some of the monsters of Greek mythology. But in Aboriginal um, uh, uh, lore and beliefs, there's also creatures like the Windigo, the uh, the Skinwalker, uh, mm-hmm. the you know, there's Bigfoot creatures that are part of their culture, and and some of them are giants, some of them are shapeshifters, and so on, and some of them are, right. are pure tricksters as well. There, there's an element of trickster. There is a, a there's a, um, there's a paper from a, a university in Australia, uh, comparing the similarities between encounters in shamanistic cultures and the spirits and entities that are encountered in that, and what is also uh, encountered in what are called UFO contact, the abduction experiences. They're very, very similar. And um, I guess some of your listeners have heard about the Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. That's a good series. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a place that used to belong to the Indians, but mm-hmm. even the Indians don't like to go on this land anymore because it's considered to be cursed. It's a place yeah. where uh, there's strange creatures, shapeshifters, uh, the Skinwalker is supposed to be an evil shaman who can shape mm-hmm. into different animals and different uh, creatures. But um, when the NIDS Institute uh, bought this land, Robert Bigelow was the, uh, he owned, he wasn't the original owner. Was, there was a fa- family that owned the land, um, but they were having all kinds of weird paranormal experiences, para- poltergeist activity, animal mutilations, uh, UFO encounters, all on this one property. Everything was happening. Mm-hmm. So, but the NIDS did do, uh, they they did some research and again, they saw parallels with the shamanistic culture and what was happening on this ranch. And Mm -hmm. even though there's a UFO component to it, it seems more modern, that's still part of the shamanistic culture. And then last time, remember last time we um, uh, had uh, Graham Hancock gives his views that the encounters that shamans have, people like, the fairy phenomenon and what the UFO phenomenon is very similar. Mm-hmm. The entities seem to behave very similarly, or they shape shift and they can trick you. They can they can help you a little bit, or they can also really give you a very hard time. Right, right. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, so anyway, um, so we. I, I find it quite interesting, actually, that. Um, Skinwalker Ranch is in northeastern Utah, not too far away, actually, from Salt Lake City, um, yeah. kind of north and east, and uh, and rumored to be kind of in a diagonal from there, kind of going through Salt Lake City is a, a place called, um, well, they're, they're assuming it's the new Area 51. It's kind of um, in the Salt Flats area, and... Uh, so I, I don't doubt that maybe there's uh, a tunnel that goes from from there to Skinwalker Ranch or that area. Uh, I don't know if you saw the the episode. They had an episode there where 
um, they were looking at, uh, they're using ground penetrating radar and they went down and uh, I think it was like 20 feet below the surface. They saw caverns under there. And when they tried to drill it, I think the, the, the drill broke because the, 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 the um, rock or whatever it is was so hard that they couldn't get through it, which is kind of weird because drills usually can get through something like that. Yeah. And, I uh, actually had a friend, uh, a researcher friend, spend some time with the Nets Institute uh, at the branch. His name was Jim really? Beacon. He was mm-hmm. Canada's foremost uh, crop circle researcher. Uh, he's had many paranormal experiences, even in crop circles in Canada and in England. But mm-hmm. he, he says that that area is a place where uh, there seems to be portals to other dimensions. And they've seen huh. creatures coming in and out of these portals. And they've and they've seen orbs. They've seen, there's been dogs that have followed these orbs and have been killed by the orbs. Uh, that's been mentioned by George Knapp and uh, some of the scientists at, at, um, at NIDS. And then there are uh, strange things that happen to animals that they can be relocated from one location to another. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes electronic failures with cameras and all kinds of paranormal stuff is happening there. And it's very concentrated. But it, to me, it ties that all this stuff is related. Right. You know, even though we have the UFO thing that appears to be more modern, mm-hmm. we still have, you know, this idea of the skinwalker, an evil shaman, the shamanistic culture. Uh, and all that, all that that entails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think um, there's nothing new under the sun, according to the Bible. <laughs> we just get things. The ancient things just get regurgitated, you know, and some repackaged, old, repackaged yeah. for modern consumption. But yeah. that's nothing yeah. new. So, but channeling is very popular in the New Age movement. You know. Remember in the 80s, Sharon McLean mm-hmm. had was uh, interested in, in those people that could channel. Like yeah. Night. Uh, Standing by the ocean, proclaiming she was God. The term channeling is still used today, but some people just say, "Well, I get telepathic connections with the beings. Mm-hmm. I have a download, or I'm I'm having something." But one of the fellow that lives here in Vancouver who claims to be have that connection, he got interested in this. Uh, UFO thing. He was not interested in UFOs to begin with, but he read a book. He said about the about the Heaven's Gate mm-hmm. movement. This book was written by a journalist, and after he read this book, uh, he found out this movement had some spiritual beliefs, even some belief in God. Um, the founders, actually, uh, Marshall Applewhite, came from kind of a background with some Christian beliefs, but. Mm-hmm they started to go deeper into the UFO direction when they started to invite some of these beings that were called the walk-ins to come into their person. And that's what happened to Jeff. He did the same. Once he invited these things called the walk-ins, there was a book by, by Ruth Montgomery called The Walk-ins that was written mm-hmm. 20 years ago. And it talks about kind of interdimensional entities or aliens that you can invite to walk in <laughs> to your pers- pers- person. So, so the uh, Heaven's Gate started go, to go in this UFO contact experience once they started to invite these walk-ins to come in, and now Jeff has done the same, and now the entities are work, that are working with Jeff want him to write a book about his experiences. He's promoting this concept of the Federation, which we can talk oh, about boy. later. This concept yeah. of oneness. This oneness idea is is part of the New Age thinking or 
you know, um, it's 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 related to the philosophy of pantheistic monism. All is one, all is God. Mm -hmm. You know, very similar to the idea of uh, the Force in Star Wars. So again, you have a concept of God is not biblical anymore. God is not the universe. There's a distinction between God and the universe. But in this pantheistic, monistic worldview that's being embraced and being taught by some of these beings that are claiming to be aliens, they they teach this kind of idea of oneness and mm -hmm. that everything is part of one reality. And huh. that that is definitely not the God that's revealed in the scriptures. Or, oh, definitely not. Uh, no. So... Brian, you looked down. Brian made a, an interesting discovery looking at um, Google Earth in the uh, harbor by Long Beach. And uh, why don't you tell us a little about that, Brian? Because you've seen things in the sky there too. Yeah, it's. I, I got to get a telescope. Um, we moved um, to uh, Rancho Palos Verdes Estates up in uh, Southern California, and we're up on a hill. We're about, I'd say, 400 feet above the ocean, about a mile away, and we have mm -hmm. a perfect view of the ocean, 180 degrees in each direction, 180 degrees altogether, and we can see the Catalina Islands or the Avalon Islands, and so um, LAX is about 30 miles north of us as the crow flies, and you can mm -hmm. see the aircraft take off over the ocean, and they, you can tell it's an airplane just by the way they, they ascend into the sky, but... Um, we see stuff out here. I was telling Dave, and I'll get to what you're talking about, Dave. Um, saw a light. It, it, it was some kind of craft a couple thousand feet up right below the cloud line. And the aircraft were probably a few miles from it, but it looks like they were right next to it. And this thing would go into the, go into the clouds, and it would come down out of the clouds. It would move forward, move backwards. It was, And it, it, the light would pulsate. It wasn't like the... Um, it wasn't like the light on the wing of an aircraft. It was just a pulsating light. And we see these here all the time. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, it's crazy. And I, I know it wasn't a regular aircraft, but get it here. Google Earth, I think it was a few months ago, Dave. Um, yeah. Google the bottom of the ocean by the Avalon Islands. And I see this. Um, the best way to describe it, it looked like a... Um, it had wings, a dorsal fin, like a it looked like a, a F-18 Hornet or a, a F-16, but mm -hmm. it was a shape like that. And it was under the water, sitting on top of a hill, because you can see the contour a little bit with Google Earth, right? Right. It was so big, it covered the whole top of the hill, and it was white. At least on the map, it was white. I think it showed white because it showed oil rigs, too, a few miles away. They were white on the screen. But this thing was big. I mean, it was really big. And mm -hmm. uh, I went back to it, oh, I think, that same day, a few hours later, and it was gone. Mm -hmm. And right off the coast here, if you go on Google Earth, off of San Pedro, California, Long Beach, the uh, ocean from the coastline out for a few miles is all pixeled. You can't see it. And mm -hmm. it, it's weird. It's not like that along the whole coast, just certain spots. But this thing was sitting on a hill beyond that. It's like it's like they blew it. They made a mistake, and they didn't pixel it out. Right. But this thing, I'm, I'm saying it was big. I'm saying it's hundreds of feet long. It was a craft shaped kind of like an airplane. That's the best way I can describe it. Had a mm -hmm. point in the front, two side wings, a, a fin in the back. But it was big. 
because uh, I'm looking from a satellite down on top of it, and it looked big from the satellite. Huh. So, so um, there's a lot of stuff going on down here, and I, I notice as time goes on, there's more and more weird things. Just I, uh, I saw a UFO last summer outside my condo in Redondo Beach, California, hmm. a thousand feet above my house, glowing orange and yellow with an exhaust port, and it was circular. But it was covered with this orange color, like almost on fire. And it was just hovering over my, my property for, you know, a few minutes and then took off, covered the a, a hundred mile distance in a couple of seconds. So, um, and I, I'm pretty sure and we've talked about this, Dave, about there's probably an underwater base right off the coast here. Yeah. Um, the, the water between the Catalina Islands or Avalon Island. Catalina is the city of Avalon. Avalon's the islands, but everybody says Catalina. So just mm-hmm. so everybody knows, if you heard of Catalina, right. Avalon, it's the same place. Um, but the water's 2,000 feet deep. And also what they have found recently, actually, actually I think they found it a while ago. Uh, I want to get the times right. I think we talked about this. Was it? Um, World War One or World War Two, they dumped uh, thousands of barrels of chemicals and oil in the ocean right off the coast here, like like thousands and thousands. Man, they oh man! For five or six years, mm-hmm. and they found it, and some of the barrels are leaking right off the coast here, but down two thousand feet, and they're trying to figure out how to get them out. So, uh, this coastline here is really busy. It's mm-hmm. really busy, and there's there's several Air Force bases here. There's a Marine training base here in San Diego. So there's always aircraft. There's always F-16s, 18s. There's those uh, off sprays that, that carry the Marines, you know, the plane that's a helicopter, and they're constantly flying back and forth here. There's so much activity. And then on top of that, I'm seeing things at night that uh, I, I wish I could – have something more high power, but they're not aircraft. They just mm-hmm. don't perform like an aircraft. But they're they're a ways out. They're miles away, but they're moving erratically. Um, and you know, I'm saying all this because we're on this subject. Um, I was thinking about uh, when you were talking. Um, is that it's not this stuff we're talking about isn't taught in the church anywhere. No. At least where I grew up, you know, I grew up uh, kind of a Baptist kid, and and then uh, uh, I, I heard about hell not very often. I heard about heaven once in a while, a lot about doctrine, a lot about how to live as a believer, but not a lot about giants, not a lot about the Nephilim, not a lot about aliens. They they never explained where uh, why why are people seeing these things and. Thank goodness, uh, Gordy, we have you on because you have a lot of experience. But um, I, I'm glad you're on tonight, Gordy, because people need to hear this, and I'm hoping anybody who sees or hears this uh, will will not turn the channel, as they say, but will really listen to what you have to say and Dave, because mm-hmm. the church, I think, is pretty ignorant in these areas. And, uh, yeah, it is. And I, I think it's detrimental to the church that we haven't learned this decades ago. And, and because mm-hmm. it says in, I think it's Timothy or Peter, it says, uh, be sober-minded, sober in spirit, especially as you see the day approaching. 
and and to, to be able to discern spirits and spirits. Right. We always think of it's the the demon, you know, the pitchfork, and it's not. It's these nephilim, it's these shapeshifters, it's the media that being mm-hmm. manipulated by the enemy to lie to us. And uh, these spirits, I think, come in way many forms than we think. And uh, well, from what I've learned, I wouldn't, I'd say 100%, some of these things have been in our churches for a long time, sitting yeah. right next to us without us even realizing it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, it's very clear. It says, uh, you know, be careful who you bring in your house or entertain because you could be entertaining an angel. Which is right. really cool because that would be awesome. But you mm-hmm. have the opposite of angels that can do the same things. Yeah, that's be, right. Be careful who you entertain. You could be entertaining a demon, a shapeshifter, or some a Nephilim shapeshifting form that's basically all run by Satan anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad you're on tonight, Gordy. Hey, why don't you needs to hear this? Why don't you tell Gordy also about the the sounds you've been hearing? I think you'd be interested in that. I think yeah, you might have um, something to add to that. Since we've moved to this place we're at now, we've been here about two months. Um, and we're closer to San Pedro. We're closer to the Long Beach Piers, which is uh, one of the busiest ports in the world. And we're closer to the, the Air Force and Navy bases. Um, high-pitched noise. We'll be sitting on the couch. All of a sudden, we hear this high-pitched noise. And I'm thinking, well, it's me because my hearing is kind of going because I've been a contractor and builder for 40 years. But mm-hmm. my wife sitting next to me hears the same thing. He goes, do you hear that? And it just gets louder and louder and louder. And the other day, the dog heard it. Really? And not only did the dog hear it, the TV went off. It just, we have a really nice TV. It's not an old TV. It's less than a year old. And as this thing got higher in pitch, the dog turned its head and looked at me like, what is that? And then the TV went off. Wow. Like, and then came back on by itself. <laughs> I got goosebumps to talking about it because it was really strange. Mm-hmm. And we've had more and more strange things since we've been living here, seeing things, hearing things, the TV. Um, it's hard to explain, but it seems like even around where we live, and because we, we just moved maybe eight miles further south along the coast of California, and this is my own perception, but people even seem more different here. They seem, and this place is less crowded than where we used to live as far as population. It's more rural. Mm-hmm. And so it's like people would be more relaxed, but they seem more intense and more agitated here. Mm. They seem just, it's hard to explain. I know if you live in California, everybody seems agitated, you know, especially <laughs> on the freeways. But it, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's just there's something different. Some. My wife even said, something's going on. This is weird. Just something's mm-hmm. going on. And it's increasing as the day goes on. The day goes on. It's not getting less. It's getting more. The sounds, the agitation with the people, the things that we see out our window. Right behind me, There's these are vertical blinds. Right behind me is the Pacific Ocean. I can see the ocean from right out this door. Mm-hmm. And that's where we see a lot of this stuff. And um, it just tells me the Lord's getting ready to come back pretty quick. Right. It just it just it just seems that way. Gordy, anyway. does that ring ring with you the the loud pitch noise and have you heard stories about that or or anything like that? 
uh, on YouTube, uh, people are um, recording and putting up on YouTube uh, strange sounds. That uh, sorry, <laughs> sounds yeah. are coming from the sky, like trumpet sounds. Uh, there's this place, um, uh, uh, the Taoist hum. They are hearing strange sounds in different places in the world. Uh, I'm not sure why it's happening in your part of California. Uh, but, uh, you know, Santa Catalina Island, L.A. Marzulli went there uh, to research that there was evidence that the Nephilim used to, there were Nephilim giants that lived in Santa Catalina Island. Really? Yeah, so wow. Santa Catalina was a, was a place where the Nephilim lived, and he went over there to, to, to check out evidence that that's true. And they have found very large bones of, of what appears to be giant beings that um, really? were buried there. Wow. So maybe the island at one time was, um, you know, maybe it's a, a, a place of ritual or, some, you know, or something. Um, because, you know, before um, Spanish people and uh, people from Europe and other people settled in California, who lived there before? Was it just Aboriginal people? And, you know, uh, I'm sure a lot of places in America used to belong to the Aboriginal people. That's where they lived, uh, where they um, they hunted, they fished. But some of the people were driven off their land. Like uh, I, I read an account of why there's so many uh, strange things, paranormal stuff happening at Yosemite um, National Park. Did I mention that before? I don't think so. Um, no. There's, a, there's a, a researcher named David Pilates. He's written a series of books called Missing 411 about mm -hmm. people. But he says one of the places in California where more people disappeared than almost anywhere in, in the United States is Yosemite. And he didn't give an, an explanation. He just said there seems to be something odd about this 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 uh, this place that we called you know Yosemite. But it was uh, owned by people that were Aboriginal. Aboriginal, that was their happy hunting ground and fishing area. But when the government of the United States saw this land, they wanted this land for themselves. They didn't respect the uh, you know the ownership of. Of, of the land by the Indians, and so they said, "Well, we want you to relocate." Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when they didn't relocate, and they were forced to, um, under military um, uh, action, uh, some of the Aboriginal people, including the chief chief's son, got killed. Right. And apparently, before they were uh, totally um, evicted from the place. Some of the Indians, including the chief and maybe just some of the shamans, put a curse on the, on the land, mm -hmm. and they cursed it. And so, but according to David Pilates, it's one of the places where more people have accidents, disappearances. There's hauntings, UFO phenomena. Um, you can go online and uh, on YouTube and type in, you know, mysterious uh, Yosemite, Yosemite, and some of the things and this. This Indian curse is part of it. Um, hmm. Also, um, remember John Keel, who wrote the book Mothman Prophecies? Yeah. About the, what was happening at the Point Pleasant, West Virginia, with a creature, mm -hmm. a cryptid called the Mothman? Right. And again, this land used to belong to the Indians. The Indians were mistreated or killed by you know mm -hmm. government agents or in the military. And again, they cursed the land. And since then... That area has had all kinds of uh, strange cryptids like Mothman, Men in Black, 
uh, UFO phenomena. It's it's outlined in in the movie and the book Mothman Prophecies. Again, you know when you um, when you start to invade or evict people off their land, but they already have a culture where they they worship certain gods and spirits. Well, some of these gods and spirits may be their guardian spirits, right? Their totem spirits, whatever they want to call them. And this this also applies to the Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so if there's the Bible says there is such a thing as curses. Right. Mm-hmm. It says we're not supposed to curse our fellow man. Okay, we're supposed mm-hmm. to bless those that curse us, okay, bless that persecute us. But there's people that are not Christians. They don't care about. They just care about their own people, and when they're mistreated. Uh, they will summon their spirits and guardian, guardian totem spirits to curse the land. So that uh-huh. could account for why there's so much paranormal activity in certain places. And the Bible actually says there are places, like in the Old Testament, like Babylon, the ancient city of Babylon. That was, mm-hmm. a, that was a center for idolatry and worship. It was the capital of, of Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar. And it's been called a place... That's a habitation of foul spirits and habitation of devils and satyrs. And it says there's a prophecy in the book of Revelations that Babylon, some futuristic Babylon, is going to be also a habitation of devils and every foul, and foul spirits. Yeah. So I believe it's certain uh, when God created this world, he didn't create it with any curse to begin with or any – there was no – you know, Eden was beautiful. But as sin came into the world, then Eden was not paradise anymore. And right. as more and more people rebel against God and cultures rebel against God, well, then instead of the spirit of God uh, and the blessings of God on the land or the nation, what you have is a land that is described as something that becomes a habitation of devils in every foul spirit. That, that, that prophecy is in the book of Revelations about Babylon in the last days, whatever the Babylonian system means. Mm-hmm. But this stuff is coming also into churches. Yeah, There's a book called, uh, written by uh, my friend who's passed away. The book is called A Time of Departing. Uh, it was published through Lighthouse Trails Publishing that he helped to um, start this company to publish books about discernment. But he was saying, uh, Ray Youngman was researching the New Age movement like I was uh, mm-hmm. back in the 80s. And he, and you know, we well, okay, it's out there. You know, there's hippies, counterculture people, people that are involved in all states that are getting involved in all this kind of weird stuff. But then Ray started to notice the things that he called New Age and our mystical or involving altar states was now coming into the church mm-hmm. through the purpose-driven movement, through um, uh, the Alpha Course, and I can give you reasons why I say that. Um, there are methods of uh, what I call spiritual disciplines that are coming into the church that are not biblically supported or right. supported by Scripture. The Bible mm-hmm. doesn't say we have to go into an altered state of consciousness <laughs> in order to make a con- with contact with God. But in certain religions, like um, Buddhism, oh, and, uh, certain cultures, there's a use of mantra. 
mantra yoga. Mm -hmm. You use the name of Hindu deities and gods in your mantra if you're involved with transcendental meditation. So if you're right. invoking these things by calling out their names, hey, they're going to show up. They're going yeah. to they're going to interact with you. But this is coming into the church, but it's coming into it in a way. There's a book called A Celebration of Discipline, which was widely spread, uh, you know, recommended back in the early 80s. It came into my church. Day Spring Fellowship was a brethren church in, mm -hmm. in uh, Kitsilano. And this um, this book, it has a chapter on spiritual disciplines like prayer, fasting. Some of the stuff was scriptural, fine. But the first chapter in this book, Celebration of Discipline, written by Richard Foster, was a, a chapter on uh, Christian meditation. The chapter is called Christian Meditation. But it involved guided imagery. Mm -hmm. So... The author is saying, if you want to make contact with Jesus and have intimacy with Jesus, you can use this method and the method oh, boy. To, to visualize Jesus in your mind, in your mind's eye, visualize him, pretend that you're, you're on the ground, it's dark, you can see the stars above, all of a sudden you visualize yourself going into space. And the further you go into space, you start to see more and more stars. And in the distance, you see a light coming towards you. You're supposed to visualize that that light is Jesus coming towards you. And so as Jesus appears to you in your mind's eye, this Jesus will start to speak to you. Mm -hmm. Now, God is not a God is a sovereign God. He doesn't. When we snap our fingers and say, we well, you have to do. I'm going to use this method <laughs> right. to go into an altar state or to conjure you up. God doesn't have to participate. You know, That's right. I mean, if we're using a method of like chanting the name of Jesus over and over again, I've heard this in uh, some, I went to a, a Pentecostal church when I was a young Christian. I was invited there. I went into the prayer room and I had a very strange feeling that, there was a different spirit in this place. I was a young Christian, but the people that wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit were chanting the name of Jesus like a mantra. Oh, boy. They were just saying it over and over again, and they were getting filled with some kind of spirit. But some of the people that got filled with the spirit on occasions where this was happening started to lose control. Started mm -hmm. to, started to lose control. Fall on the ground, speak in tongues without stopping for half an hour. Well, that's contrary to the fruit of the Spirit. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control, temperance. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I've been to churches and ministries where they claim, well, there's somebody in our church now who's got the gift of prophecy. He's a prophet. They call him a prophet or someone might be called an apostle. But when I've been to these churches, we're told, they are the prophet. They are the apostles. You, in order to hear from God, you have to listen to them. Right. Does that sound biblical? No. That we have to go through a, a person who is mediating between God and ourselves? Well, you have that in some churches with apparitions of the Virgin Mary. Apparitions That's right. Of Jesus of the Sacred Heart. Um, mm -hmm. You have these apparitions that can show up if you, use, if you say rosaries. 
or the Jesus Prayer in the Orthodox Church. You say, Lord mm-hmm. Jesus, have mercy on me, a, a sinner. You keep saying it like a mantra. And then you start to see these invisible saints and dead monks that have started to appear. You That was described in a book called The Way of the Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. So these methods to make contact with beings that are spiritual, that have been used by the pagans and 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 people of other, you know, uh, Aboriginal cultures, are now being Christianized. They even have a thing called Christian yoga now. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. But guided imagery is the guided the guided imagery is being used uh, by people that are trained to be Jesuits. If you mm-hmm. look at the Jesuit spiritual exercises, if you want to make contact with Jesus or Mary, you have to visualize him, Jesus or Mary. Yep. Say rosaries, you know, call out to him. Uh, and then this this Jesus or Mary will take on a life of its own. Yeah, so I've these, seen. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. So these things are coming into the church and unsuspecting Christians that don't read warnings there's a lot of warning in scripture about what is the discernment scriptures mm-hmm. that tell us how do we tell what is a prophet from what is not a prophet? How can we tell an angel that's not an angel of God from a, a fallen angel? Well, we don't, we can't test it simply by their appearance because it's right. Satan can appear as a being of light. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, these fallen angels and demons can shapeshift. We can't tell just by the feeling they give us either, because, yeah, um, you can have blissful feelings if you do uh, mantra yoga or if you follow if you're touched by a a guru like L.A. Marzulli was when he was a follower of the guru movement. Mm -hmm. So there are mystical things that happen to you through the laying on of hands. If the person is not filled with the Holy Spirit, he's filled with another spirit and he lays his hands on you and all of a sudden you break out speaking in tongues under the anointing. Well, if he doesn't really have the Spirit of God, he has a different spirit that is counterfeiting the Spirit of God, he can pass on to you a false anointing. That's happened in churches here in in Canada where there was an outpouring and everybody starts laughing and losing self-control. At one time, (laughs) a Pentecostal minister in one church said, you know, Pentecostals have been called holy rollers and that kind of thing. Well, you know, and that we swing on chandeliers. He said, "We don't. We can't afford chandeliers. We don't swing on chandeliers." But he did. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Um, he did say that. Yeah, early Pentecostals were called the Holy Rollers because sometimes when they're filled with some spirit, they lost control. Yeah, they started rolling on the ground and uh, acting kind of crazy. You know, and but they thought, well, that's great. You know. In uh, some Christian uh, churches or some churches, they, they think that having uh, intact mental f- faculties to you know, have a sharp mind is is a way not to have contact with God. Right. I've heard this from New Agers. I was at Mount Shasta, and this I was chatting with this New Age guy, and he said to me, hey, you're too intellectual. You're never going to have you know spiritual experiences if you can't suppress your intellect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, God gave us, well, we, we do have an intellect, but it's not perfect, it's fallen, but we don't throw it away. But in many mystical disciplines that I've, I've researched, you have to silence your mind, silence mm-hmm. your critical faculties, go into an altered state. It can be induced through, you know, yoga, 
mantra meditation, various uh, forms of, um, and once you go into this state of consciousness, you are open, all right, to something, an encounter yeah. with something, but it may not be from God. You know, um, you have little discernment once you're engaged <clears throat> with the spirit or being to know whether mm-hmm. it's really from God or not. There's a scripture about that. It says uh, they were willfully ignorant, which means dumb on purpose. You know, and and that's when people become when they're like that. You know, they you, sure you don't want to be intellectual anymore. Well, if you're not smart, you're dumb. Well, yeah. yeah. Another thing is um, um, that's pretty smart. Uh, there's prophecy that, like in some of the purpose driven churches right now. And I went to a church that was affiliated with Rick Warren's purpose driven movement here in Vancouver. It's called Coastal Church. It was a big charismatic church. And um, I gave them Ray Youngman's book, A Time of Departing, to read, and I said, can we discuss my, my concerns that are expressed in his book? So I gave it to um, I gave it to the senior uh, pastor or uh, uh, through another pastor. He didn't read it. He didn't get back to me. I gave it to another pastor of a big Pentecostal church, Broadway Church. Uh, yeah, he didn't bother reading it or, or wanting to talk to me about it as well. Mm-hmm. Now, but these churches are running the Alpha Course. Mm-hmm. The Alpha Course is a course where you're introduced to the Christian faith. There's some apologetics that's fine. Not everything is bad in the Alpha Course. But you're supposed to participate in something called the Holy Spirit Weekend, where you can, if you wish, be filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. And I have friends that have gone through the Elf Course and at this church. And some of the people said when they started to be anointed or filled with the Spirit, they lost control. There was some loss of control in order to achieve this state of uh, speaking in tongues and so on. And sometimes when people speak in tongues, they can't stop speaking for half an hour. But right. in, in some religions, like uh, some religions, they think, well, the, that is the way to become more mystical, to become more enlightened. You you have to abandon your your critical faculties. Uh, in fact, you're gonna you're gonna actually um, be less of your own person after a while. Well, what if you invite another spirit to come into you? That's not the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. You are going to be a more spiritual person, but you're going to have very little discernment. And That's scripture great. is downplayed in some of these churches. Scripture uh-huh. and, and prophetic things and things of discernment are not encouraged. When I went to a Bible study at Coaster Church, one fellow said, can we study the book of Revelation? He was a member of, the, uh, this, of that group. And the group leader said, no, we can't study that because it's not approved by the church. <laughs> you can't study the book of Revelation because... You know, unless the pastors and elders say we can study it. So there was almost no prophetic teaching in there. And prophecy <laughs> contains discernment, especially about the last days and, and you know, what's coming and the, and the kind of government and mystical, you know, it talks about mystery Babylon the Great. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a worldwide, almost like a one world religion that's going to draw people in through various mystical methods that are not biblical mm-hmm. and people are going to be drunk with the wine of this woman who's the, who's described as a whore on this beast 
mm-hmm. and they'll be intoxicated by her enchantments and her, and you know what they do. So, and the word mystery is associated with the word mysticism. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Ray Youngin found that out as well. So, so what is replacing um, uh, what I've called biblical Christianity? You know, is a kind of Christianity that is spiritual but not rational, not rational mm-hmm. in the secular kind of sense. You know, secular. Uh, we're rash- There is a po- there is a problem of elevating uh, the human mind to be infallible. You know, that's a problem too that you see in sure. sometimes. But we're mm-hmm. we're talking about using our God-given faculties, not abandoning these faculties. But and unfortunately, I see a lot of that happening if the, with the people that want to be contactees and abductees. Uh, contactees more today than abductees. But there are people that, um, yeah, why have they become contactees? Hmm. Yeah, well. Because they, <laughs> they belong to a, a UFO cult or a religion. Mm-hmm. That says, "Hey, you can have you. You can also make contact yourself. It's not just the leader of the group that can be a contactee. You can be a contactee. That's what Stephen Greer says. If you take my course and learn my protocols, you can also be an ambassador to the universe." Mm-hmm. Well, it's like being a uh, in a club, you know, a very special club, and yeah. pe- that appeals to people. You know, they they feel special and they feel like, you know, they have a special calling, so to speak, That's you right. know. And, yeah. 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 So, uh, I don't know. We did go off on a tangent, but I hope it's related to what we're trying to talk about. Uh, it's uh, all interrelated. Yeah. One thing I didn't mention is um, uh, I mentioned earlier when I spoke to you, uh, there was a mediumistic movement within Nazism. Mm-hmm. Uh, there the were real. women that were part of a, uh, a secret society called the Rural Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the main uh, women in this society was a woman named Maria Orsic. People that have seen her pictures are um, what she does. She looks like a Nordic alien. She oh. has very fine Aryan features, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, or she has all these Aryan features. Uh, but she had mediumistic abilities to make contact with uh, Aryan aliens from the Aldebaran system in the constellation Taurus. Mm-hmm. And she, along with her, uh, her other sisters or whatever, they had very, very long hair. And they felt the longer their hair was, the more telepathic, more mediumistic their abilities were. Huh. And there is something to that. <laughs> I have a friend who, um, you know, he's kind of counterculture and he grew out his hair really long. And he found he was, yeah, he, was, he became more intuitive to the mystical mm-hmm. things. I don't huh. know this. And um, sometimes if you see the headdresses of Native Indians, it looks like, you know, a headdress makes them look like they have, you know, more antenna or feathers or something on their head. Uh-huh. They can maybe channel the beings better or whatever, whatever it is. But there is something to uh, methods where some people can be more mediumistic, but it often involves altered states of consciousness. The oracles of Delphi, the reason why they were be- they were able to become oracles is that there was a vapor, a hallucinogenic vapor that came from the temple ground, that came up from the ground, and they, stood, they sat on top of tripods, and when they inhaled uh, this 
meet uh, this epigenetic uh, kind of vapor, they would go into trans states. And when they're in the trans states, that's when they were able to channel right. the god Apollo. So there's definitely a connection between altered states of consciousness and contact with non-human entities or the um, fallen, I call them fallen entities. Just you read you, you read stories all the time, Gordy, about people that can um, bring in UFOs at will. Yes. There was a African American guy in Southern California that was doing that, and then I um, I got a um, like a biography from a friend of mine. She became a friend, and um, <clears throat> when she was before she was a believer. She used to be able to do that. She'd sit out in the field and will the UFOs to come to her, you know, yeah. and sure enough, they, they'd appear and then land and everything else. And it was, you know, so if you're involved in that stuff, it's like a Ouija board, you yeah. know. In the New yeah, Age movement, exactly. there's a book called The Secret, and in the book, there's something called a law of attraction. Mm -hmm. So if you want certain things from the universe, you have to put thoughts out to the universe that you want what you desire. You put right. thoughts that you want to be famous, you want to be, you know, you want to be wealthy, you want to have spiritual power, you want to have, if you put this, these thoughts out, but you're not to entertain anything negative. Any thoughts that are warning you, hey, hey, you could be deceived by what you're doing. You're supposed to block all that type of thing. I went to an event here in Vancouver uh, led by uh, a new age uh, um, woman named Jean Houston. Mm -hmm. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Anyway, she's, she had a gathering at the P&E at Pacific National Exhibition in one of the buildings, and it was a big New Age gathering I went to research. And everything she said sounded positive. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear anything that sounded negative from her. But, but then I said to myself, hey, she could say anything in this meeting and people will believe it because it's yep. positive. But this kind of new age thinking is coming into some churches now. We don't, uh, like I used to go to a charismatic church and everything had to be edifying. The pastor mm -hmm. said, if it's not edifying, we want, we don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, what there's things in the Bible that are not all considered to be edifying, but they're, they're offer you discernment. Right. Yeah. Don't go to mediums. Don't go to uh, divinators. Don't go to people that are wizards. <laughs> that doesn't sound like something positive, right? That you're not no, supposed uh -uh. to do these things or consult these people. Uh, and so the Bible it is not revealed as positive and negative. The word positive and negative is not in the Bible. But when I talk to Christians today, today, I often hear, hey, what you're saying sounds too negative now. Hey, you're saying yeah. things that... You know, you, you 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 know, they're warning about things that are coming and global government and major one world religion. They don't want to hear about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, they, I wonder what they're wonder what they're going to say when God says, "I've never knew you. Depart from me." That's pretty. That's pretty negative. Well, God does say things to people and his mm -hmm. uh, his people that are are not always edifying. There's that, saying, I agree. Stop sinning, right. or something bad will happen to you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. that's that that doesn't sound like something you want to hear. No, but well, our right. our parents our parents did it when we were younger. Don't touch that pot. It's hot. Don't stick that fork in the outlet. You'll get shocked. Right. You know. But in, in some churches today, there's churches that are called feel-good churches. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, they're called emergent churches. Mm -hmm. And uh, this church that I've gone to to check it out, 
that's what it's like. Even my friend that goes to that church, who's a member of church, he says to me, this is a feel-good church. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, all the sermons are about feeling good and about, you know. Uh, this can also be in even some of the mainstream churches, like the reform reform churches. Like I've, I have a friend that goes to a reform. He was going to a reformed Baptist church. And if and reform theology comes from people like John Calvin. Mm-hmm. Now, when you uh, look at reform theology, it's extremely positive reform theology if you consider yourself to be part of the elect, that Christ died for the elect in your. But in their theology, Christ didn't die for everybody. Mm-hmm. He died only for the elect. Only the elect will be revealed that Christ is their Savior, the Messiah. And so you have billions of people that are not chosen in that theology, and they're part of the non-elect. But hey, and I, I talked to a pastor at a, at a faith Presbyterian church about this. He was reformed. And I said, hey, um, uh, you know, I have some concerns that if, you know, if, it's great if you're part of the elect, but what if you're not part of the elect? What if, right. according to your theology, there are billions of people that are not elect, and their fate, according to your confession of faith, is that they're going to go to hell and burn there forever because Christ didn't die for them. Right. And he turned around and said to me, hey, don't think about that. Just think that you are part of the elect, so be happy. <laughs> Don't, Don't worry, worry be happy. Well, there that are, are going to perish and are going to, you know, suffer uh, eternal torment. And that's what they believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that kind of goes against the uh, Great Commission, doesn't it? Well. <laughs> Go into all the world. Well, the church that my friend goes to, they don't do the Great Commission in that church. Well, See, if they're going to be guilty uh, on Judgment uh, Day. Uh, uh, um, let's say, what is it, a very dedicated uh, Calvinists to a certain type of reform theology. They say God in his sovereignty and his sovereign grace are going to save the elect. Even without your help, he's going to save those people. In fact, without him, nobody can come to the Lord. Nobody can be saved. So God will save those that are chosen, but the non-chosen, well, it's too bad. They weren't chosen. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not our it's not our place to pick who yeah. who that is and who it isn't. I know, but there are people in these churches that assume they know who the non-chosen are. If you are not a Calvinist, you don't hold a Calvinistic Reformed theology, and you're against some of the Calvinistic teaching, they will call you a reprobate. They'll call you mm-hmm. a heretic. They'll say that you are not part of the elect. I heard mm-hmm. this from people that were a young fellow that got into Calvinism heavily. And he started calling people all kinds of names that didn't accept his version of, uh, of Calvinism. Mm-hmm. There are moderate Calvinists that don't go to the, these extremes that say, well, God gives people a choice. Right. When I was at Labrie, uh, that question came up and I said, what about, you know, do, you know, does God respect the choices of people? And delivery workers and shapers said yes we do not believe in double predestination that god has predetermined certain people to be going to hell and others not so they didn't accept that but there are calvinists that hold to what is called tulip or five-point calvinism and they say well it's just too bad 
You know, mm-hmm. God is God is who he is. He can choose whoever wants to be saved to be saved. And those that are not going to be saved, well, it's just too bad. And there's no need to reach out to these people or try to share the gospel. Uh, if they don't accept Calvinism or some some variation of Reformed theology, then, yeah, it, it's, well, I guess they're not the chosen. Mm-hmm. I mean, so... They so in in that type of theology, it's very positive. You think that you're part of the elected. You hold to the right theology, and you know you're saved. You're going to heaven, but you don't have to care about anybody else anymore. And well, the Pharisees. It contradicts what Scripture says. Scripture doesn't say that Christ died just for the the people in the church. He died mm-hmm. for the people in the world. He he gave his life for the whole world, so that none that accept him will not perish. Right. But that is right. de-emphasized in some of the Calvinistic churches. Well, the thing is, you know, God knows who he's going to save because he's at the end of time and he knows who's saved. You know, and that's but his, this, that's his business, you know, and, and we're, we're told to go out and preach to everybody, every creature, as a matter of fact, which is really interesting because yeah. he knew that we're going to be preaching to Nephilim and we're going to be preaching to other people. And then, you know, you, you preach to him and then you let God work on it, you know. Right. Yeah, Unless he and, gives and you, a... some people will not accept the faith uh, simply uh, when they hear the gospel, you know, from a Christian for the first time. Right. Uh, uh, there was a um, a fellow named George Mueller. He started orphanages in England in in uh, in the city of Bath. Mm-hmm. And there were people that rejected the Christian faith until almost when, before they died. But then, in the grace of God, they. Uh, they were uh, their eyes were open just before they died and they accepted Christ mm-hmm. you know but so sometimes we cannot assume that we know who are going to be saved and who are not we are not called to be judge and prosecutor and people and say that 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 person deserves to go to hell <laughs> or right. that person is a you know uh, has mm-hmm. no hope of, of salvation but unfortunately there, that type of thinking is in too many churches there are churches that say that if you don't belong and accept everything in our statement of faith, you're not even a Christian. Hey, let me run something by you, or Gordy. Sure. Um, so the UFO um, inhabitants, or you know, let's just say the aliens or the the fallen angels or whatever, they tend to preach a Calvinism of their own to the people that they pick, telling them that they're saved or not saved, but they're. They're special and that they're picked, they're chosen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so um, they don't, I I don't think any abductee is is felt led to go out and, you know, preach that, you know, abduction is a good thing. I might be wrong, but um, and to seek that. So basically what the the hardcore Calvinists are doing is the same thing that the aliens are doing. Um, you know, we're, we're better than everybody else. We, us four and no more, so to speak, that kind of, uh, uh, mindset. So, um, so the hardcore Calvinists, and believe me, I, I believe in predestination, but I believe that I don't know who God is predestined because God knows, like I said, he's at the end of time. He's seen it all. He knows. And because he's at the end of time, he's at the beginning of time, so he can know he know at the beginning of time. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a, a different take on predestination. Uh, like in the Bible, it says that the uh, the Jews are the chosen people. Mm-hmm. They were predestined by God to be the chosen people if they were born right. uh, 
uh, of the seed of Abraham, right? Mm -hmm. Now, is that predestination for salvation or for purpose? Purpose. Which can also include salvation. Mm -hmm. Okay, there are Jews today that are not followers of Christ. Right. And there are Jews that are. Mm -hmm. were, they, were the ones that have rejected Christ predestined to not accept Christ? I see where I you're think, going with this. See, yeah, I believe this is. This, I, no, I, I could be wrong, but just I believe that God wants everybody to be saved. Right. Why would Christ die for everyone if if only certain people are going to be saved? He died for everyone. So I think God's purpose for creating humankind, even though humankind is unfallen, is that all of us, once we're revealed who Christ is, will. And that he is Messiah and our only Redeemer and Savior. Once we come to that understanding, well, if we accept it, we we are saved, right? Right. Yeah. What about the people that have not been revealed that in this time? Yes, they have special creation, special revelation. I mean, general revelation is given to them that the universe, uh, living things, the management of man cannot be explained simply by chance alone. Mm -hmm. So even the aliens, <laughs> I've heard, they do have a belief in some supreme being. Right. But that supreme being is just called a being of light. Mm -hmm. He's not Lucifer. called, you know, Jesus of Nazareth. He's not mm -hmm. called Yahweh. He's just a being of light. And mm -hmm. that's like in the meetup group, there's a fellow named... Um, uh, Brian, he's one of the organizers, and he's 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 been reading stuff about contact. He's being revealed that there is a leader that's above the aliens, mm -hmm. and he's revealed as a being of light. But the name of that being is not clearly spelled out. Right. Well, who in the Bible used to be an angel of light and became the fallen one, Lucifer, yeah. Lucifer, and in the Mason, in the Masonic movement, he is a bringer of light. He's a light mm -hmm. bringer. Right. Okay. So, so the, even the aliens believe in some supreme leader, but they don't say it's the Bible, the God of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, so if God loves his creation, and he's revealed himself in general and specific revelation. The scripture is the specific revelation. A specific revelation is the life of Christ and what he taught, what's in the Old Testament, New Testament. Together we have what is called specific revelation, but we also have what is called general revelation, which is the universe that we cannot explain on the basis of chance. Right. If you talk to some of the people that believe in spiritual aliens, like uh, one of the spiritual aliens I mentioned before is Valiant Thor. Mm -hmm. He doesn't deny that there's a creator. He even right. believes that Jesus Christ is who he's supposed to be. So when when the people that made contact with Valiant Thor at the beginning, Dr. Frank Strange, he was an evangelical minister. There's a filmmaker. He's passed away now. The filmmaker, uh, Craig Campobasso, is now the the contactee for, uh, for Valiant Thor. Valiant Thor says things that sound theologically correct, that there is a creator overall, okay? That Jesus Christ is who he is. He's the savior. 
and that Jesus is a special guest of their council meetings aboard their spaceship. <laughs> Sonata, right? <laughs> okay, now, yeah, well, right there, uh, and I, I got a, a newsletter from that, that organization that Dr. Strange set up. He sent out those newsletters to people that were interested in the spiritual teaching of Valiant Thor. And I got a, I got, a, I requested a copy. So they told me about how Jesus was an honored guest at their council meetings, you know, uh -huh. large mothership or whatever. And but this Jesus is strangely very silent. He doesn't say anything. So the inner circle, they're just interested in what Valiant Thor is teaching. He's considered to be an unfallen angel of some kind or being that is, you know, he's alien, but he's he's like an angel. Uh, unfallen. He has no fingerprints, no navel. Uh, he, he's telepathic. He can dematerialize his body and appear anywhere he wants to teleport himself. He can heal people. He does all these things that, you know, are quite remarkable. But when it comes to Jesus, <laughs> this group that studies the material, they don't talk about Jesus much. All they talk about is the teaching of Alan Thor, and he teaches a, a philosophy that sounds like uh, pantheistic monism. That every, yeah. you, he says the universe is, has ten different dimensions, and when you go up and higher and higher into the to the top dimensions, like the tenth dimension, once you get to the top dimension, this is in the teaching of Alan Thor online, you will realize that you and God are one. That's not what the Bible teaches. No, it's <laughs> not. If you no. want to be taught by beings that are with, you know, that we approve of or we, you have to visualize, use your mind to create a magic door. He has, Valiant Thor actually calls it the magic door. Mm -hmm. You visualize this door and this door, you can open it with your mind's eye. And once you step through the door, you're in this paradise. It's like a garden of Eden. You can explore this place in your mind's eye, and eventually, there will be people that will guide you, and and teach you more things. Is the implication? Right. Again, the use of guided imagery, endorsed by Valiant Thor, this concept of oneness. These are antithetical to the teaching of the Bible. <laughs> God doesn't say that God is some force that He's all all in all and everything is part of God. That, mm -hmm. But that is the view of God in some of the UFO religions and cults, including yeah. some of the people in the Vancouver UFO meetup group. Mm -hmm. So right there, but but these people are not trust, they're trusting things that are coming to them telepathically. Right. Channeling. But they have, they have no means to test what is coming through. Right. If they abandon their intellect and they just assume everything is fine, it's good. Um, there's almost no um, there Accountability. is a dark side to it, you know. But they try to focus on on the things that are more positive. So mm -hmm. they realize that people are having horrible experiences as abductees. But hey, it's like a shamanic initiation. If you be, want to become a shaman, you have to go through some very uh, difficult initiations and things that are kind of horrific to weed out the people that are not dedicated enough. So they do mm -hmm. explain it. Yeah, you're going to have some unpleasant experiences, but stick in there. And, you know, eventually, if you can pass through all the initiations, then you'll be 
part of the chosen. Mm -hmm. uh, so faith through works. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that Valiant Thor thing. Um, but you know, all the UFOs, uh, I should say, um, a lot of the messages that are channeled from supposed UFO beings, um, a lot of them talk about, uh, mankind having to, um, ascend to the vibratory level to change yeah. because we're at a bad vibratory level right, right now. Mm. And that's what I hear Christians talking about vibrations. I'm like, Ooh, no, <laughs> don't talk about that. It's not good. Um, so, you know, that's their message too, that, you know, we're going to get the vi good vibrations and move up a step. You know, which is garbage because I don't know. I'm, I'm happy with the vibrations I have right now. Mm -hmm. And I know that someday God is going to change, change me, but I want him to do it. And I know there's nothing I can do to do it. Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, uh, there's certain buzzwords that are new used in the new age movement. One is ascension. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, paradigm A shift. Awakening. Awakening. Yeah. Uh, evolutionary. Uh, a step, a step. Oh, I lost. We lost you. Hey, Dave. Hi. Hey, Dave. That's weird. We just kind of we blinked out, but we're back on. We're back. About fifteen minutes ago, my screen froze. Uh, you did it. The whole screen on my end, about ten minutes ago, froze. Huh. For like a well, minute. You never did. No, on mine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's weird. Huh. Yeah, it is weird. Well, hopefully, you know, we got another 30, 35 minutes. So hopefully, yeah. you know, it'll, it won't mess up. I don't know what just happened. That was yeah. weird. All of a sudden it went black and then it was starting up again. I, yeah. I have that experience sometimes, even when I'm on the phone, you know, with somebody. All of a sudden, I can't hear the other person. They can't hear me. Mm -hmm. And then, we lose the connection, and sometimes, um, sometimes I hear strange uh, beeping sounds in the background, or mm -hmm. uh, they can hear a beep, or I can't hear a beep. It's almost like some somebody or someone or something is listening to us. Exactly. And, I think you know, we pissed Valiant Thor off. <laughs> Just kidding. Around. Well, I'm sure that some of the stuff that we talked about today, I think. The powers of darkness don't want people to know about you know oh yeah of course of course yeah yeah um you know, go ahead brian no go ahead dave I, no no I, i've talked enough you go ahead no i'm just reminded as you guys are talking um basically what we're talking about is deception mm -hmm. we're talking about deception in the church and we're talking about deception in the rest of mankind that doesn't know the lord uh through fallen angels through humans through uh you know the fake media and all all that so it's, it's all deception and lies mm -hmm. and i'm thinking about the church as a whole the reason we're so deceived uh generally speaking is we've gotten away from the word of god in the churches right over the last uh, i know it's been longer but i'm going to say 30 years um remember the ptl club and all that oh please uh, I, yeah I think since then, um, since the, I say the 80, early 80s, late 70s, mm -hmm. there's been this movement toward, uh, Gordy, you talked about it, uh, prosperity teaching, um, no negativism in the church. Um, 
I've been to a church that they never taught anything negative and oh and they said well why not and they they said because we want to encourage people but but ignorance is bliss because if you don't know the speed limit yeah. is 70 and you're doing 85 and you get pulled over why am I getting pulled over you're breaking the speed limit well, I didn't know I'm breaking the speed limit I was never told that mm-hmm. and so I, I guess what I'm getting which the theme to me tonight is with, with this is we've gotten away from the Word of God the churches are not teaching the Word of God literally and plainly what it actually says right they're adding all their little twists what Gordy's talking about um, they're they're uh, they're basically in the last verses of, of the Revelation says anybody who adds to this prophecy I will add the plagues and when it takes away I will take away from their name from the tree of life and they're adding and taking away what they seem fit in their teachings in the church and I'll make an example um, and hopefully uh, most people will get this is how many times have you heard a really good sermon about hell I mean very rare yeah very very rare how many times have you heard a good sermon about tithing and giving money and God will bless you as you bless him he'll fill your barn up right you know I've heard that a lot yeah, yeah what bothers me, it's scriptural. Both those things are scriptural, but one is taken to manipulate. The other one is completely taken out. Mm-hmm. And why would they take it out? Because mm-hmm. it reminds me of, uh, help me out here, guys, the Catholic Church years ago, centuries ago, no commoner could have a Bible or learn right. the Bible. Yeah, right. It was only the Catholic priest, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so why would they do that? Because if you don't know, you're ignorant, then you'll believe somebody who does know and knowledge is power. And so right. they manipulate. So think about it. All these years of more and more, less and less of the Bible being taught literal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more feel good, like you said, Gordy. Um, uh, people don't know why they're saved. It even says, it even says in uh, John chapter 5, First John chapter five, know why you're saved, give an account. And somebody asks you, you need to tell them, how do you know you're going to heaven? Right. Most believers can't even do that. They don't even know what the scripture is. And it's not even knowing where the scripture is, just knowing that. And so mm-hmm. you have a whole generation now coming up, probably two generations that are Bible illiterate. They don't even know what they believe, why they believe, and that why that's why any wind of doctrine comes along. You know, like you said, the chanting. Um, speak, you, you know, you're not saved unless you speak in tongues. If you knew the scriptures, you know that's not in there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that anywhere. Yeah. But you have a bunch of people who don't know that, but they respect the guy in the pulpit because, or the woman, there's women pastors out there that are dressed really nice, they've got a degree, they got a doctor by their name, and so they must be right. But we're not we're commanded to know the scriptures, to know the word of God, to, to hide it in our heart, that we will not sin against him. Yeah. And so but we have a bunch of believers uh, that are distracted by worldliness, distracted by all the stuff, distracted by what's in fear of COVID. They're more afraid of COVID than they are the God who made the heavens and the earth. Yeah. They're more afraid of a virus than they are the Father. And they're and I'm talking about Christians here. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. unsaved people. I meet Christians that are fearful of the virus and they're fearful of this and fearful of that. And I'm like, 
Are you are you kidding me? We need to be wise in how we live, but we're right. never to be afraid. And so, especially as a believer, and I think fear comes in because of lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. You don't have knowledge of something like you say you you're financially in debt, and you're all worried about it every day, but you don't have a budget. But you sit down and do your budget, and you realize, hey, I actually do have money to pay my bills. I just need to cut a couple of things. The fear kind of goes away because now you have a game plan, and you're not afraid of financial collapse because you know you are not going to financially collapse because you have it down in front of you. Well, if you don't know why you're saved or if you don't know that you don't have to speak in tongues to be saved, but somebody tells you with a degree behind their name and they're supposed to be a Bible scholar – now you're thinking, I'm not even saved. I, I haven't, I'm not like brother so-and-so who sits next to me in church. I'm not as spiritual as him. And this all goes along with Gordy saying it's, it's all deception. It's all lies. It's all fear. It's like mm-hmm. we're getting attacked from 20 different angles. We're getting attacked from the church. We're getting attacked from the fake media. We're getting lies put in our heads from actual the enemy himself, mm-hmm. the government. The UFOs and people that are more there's believers that are that believe in the, the Nephilim, but they're so into the Nephilim they forget about the rest of the word. Right. There's a, a balance, right? So, mm-hmm. Gordy, what you're saying is right on. I think about what you're talking about is some of these churches. They're they're more worried about the experience, and I've experienced God in my life. Dave knows some of this stuff. But uh, I grew up being taught the word of God. And if it doesn't line up with black and white and red in the Bible, I don't even think about it. Right. I just don't even think about it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I hope folks get tonight is if you're believers and you're watching us or listening to any of us tonight, especially Gordy, if what is going on in your church doesn't match up with Scripture, then you need to get out of that church. Yeah. And and you say to yourself, well, I don't know what the scriptures say about it. Then look it up in your concordance and go Google it on your phone what the Bible says about what you're going through in your church. And Mm -hmm. if it doesn't match up, go to your pastor, ask him why he's teaching that. And if he doesn't give you the right answer, get out of there and I'll be done. I know I'm taking too long. Oh, Um, you're good. uh, I got saved in the Jesus movement in 1970 and my grew up in a large family. Dave knows this. I have six brothers and two sisters and my mom. We lived on a huge cattle ranch. We were Catholic. My uh, older brother, his name is Matt, uh, uh, was a, we were all into drugs and all, all this stuff. It was, it was bad. And he picked up a Bible, read, uh, oh, no, he was watching King of Kings on Easter Sunday morning. And he was thinking at my grandma's house. And he goes, I, I wonder who this Jesus really is. So... He uh, went to the Catholic priest and asked him, um, "What? how do I get to know God? And he didn't get the right answer. So he went home and read our Catholic Bible, John 3.16, and he got saved. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the truth literally set him free. Yeah. Right. And it, the Bible is very clear on issues of living and how to live. And how to de- decipher all the stuff that we're talking about, the Nephilim, the UFOs. It's very clear. It talks about it. But everybody's in fear. Not everybody. I, that's a blanket statement. But a lot of people are in fear because they are ignorant because they haven't opened the Bible. They haven't looked at it for themselves. 
I mean, how do they know what we're saying is true or not? Let's be honest. Right, right. Right? They mm -hmm. need to research it. And I think we have a bunch of anemic Christians that uh, don't know the scriptures are following doctrines because they're trusting men and women for their spiritual needs when they need to be trusting Yeshua, HaMashiach, for their spiritual needs. Right. And going into the scriptures and the Torah and, and everything themselves. And that's why I think our society, I can't remember, I saw a poll the other day, maybe it was on Fox News about the new generation that's coming up, the millennials. Uh, I think it's the lowest count. I think it's 35 or 40 percent of millennials don't believe in God at all. And hmm. it doesn't even exist. Hmm. So that's the generation that the Lord doesn't come. That's going to be our leaders taking over this country and this world in the next 20 years. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 60 uh, is it, what is it now? Yeah, 60 percent of them don't believe in God or a higher power or that doesn't matter to them. Mm -hmm. And so that's who our future is. And where does that come from? Um, and I think a lot of it comes from, I, I, it comes from the churches not teaching the word. That's right. People, people raising families going to these churches that are just feel good, like uh, the ones you mentioned, um, Purpose Driven Life, Rick, Rick Warren, right? Yeah. And, and there's no, there's nothing, there's no substance. And they're growing up in these churches, they think they're saved, they're not even saved. Yeah. In some right. Churches, if you don't take the Lord, I believe, if you don't believe in the Word of God is literal, how can you be saved? Right. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to contradict what the Scripture says. In some mm -hmm. of the, so, you know, I'm sorry. I, sorry. I love this subject, as you can tell, right? In sorry. some of these uh, purpose-driven churches, you have to sign a covenant that you will be loyal to the uh, pastors and elders and what they teach. Um, now... Uh, we have something similar in, in uh, other denominations as well uh, that they say that you as a young Christian or you're a Christian, uh, it's not, you know, you cannot really understand the Bible unless it comes through the elders and leaders or people that have the, you know, the, the, the papers, the, uh, the qualifications or the Ph.D. or the master's degree. Uh, well, is that really supported by scripture no no uh, Jesus himself did not go to the right rabbinical schools <laughs> okay his disciples uh, that followed Jesus uh, again didn't always accept everything that was taught by uh, the, the Sanhedrin or rabbis mm -hmm. when the when they were told not to preach in the name of Jesus Christ did they say well we have to obey our authorities because they, you know, like there's a pass, there's a, a, a reference that's being used to support uh, total obedience to those that are in authority. And that's Romans chapter 13. If you mm -hmm. read it without a context or we don't read the whole context of that in without it sounds like you have to obey your, your leaders, your government, your, your church leaders, your, you know, uh, like, they don't have any authority except God gives them this authority. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you're not supposed to question what they teach. But if you look at the example of Jesus, 
he said a lot of things that were contrary to what the Sanhedrin and the, and the Pharisees and the scribes believed in. That's right. And, uh, he, you know, well, of course, he was the Messiah. He was the, uh, the Logos. But when the Apostle Paul preached to the, um, to the Jews that were not believers, he didn't say, you got to believe me because I'm an apostle. <laughs> he mm -hmm. said, hey, what I'm saying to you is in your, it's in your, is in your scriptures. You can look right. and see the prophecies that point mm -hmm. that Jesus is Messiah. Okay. And so right. he, he said to the people in Berea and he commended them that they were not willing to just accept that he was an apostle, that he had the word of God. He encouraged them to go back to the scriptures to make sure that what they heard was in line with already things that were prophetic about who Christ was. Mm -hmm. And so t today there's too many churches that just want you to accept the authority of the pastors, the leaders, the elders, and not question them. I've, I've tried to talk to some of these pastors about certain points of doctrine. And if, if I'm not a member of the church, if I don't accept everything they, they accept, they don't want to have a conversation even. Right. You have a discussion yeah. with these people. Once you, uh, you know, you have a different view of certain things, or church government or whatever, they don't want to talk to you. It's almost like there's no room for discussion. Well, that is contrary to the model of the church. Jesus is the head of the church, not right. the pastor or the pope or, or some bishop. Yeah. Um, and and it says that we are members of the body of Christ. The eye cannot say to the ear, "I don't need you." We're all, if we're born of God's spirit, we're in his body. We right. should be able to listen to each other. And if we can have the reference point of scripture, reject what we believe. Because people in many churches, they, they're told to um, just trust the pastors and the elders or direct direct revelation from God. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, if this direct revelation is contrary to scripture, it's not from God. Mm -hmm. But we're not with some of these churches that are very hyper Calvinistic or so, uh, hyper charismatic. No, uh, they say that there are certain people in our church that are apostles and prophets, and you have to listen to what they say. You, there's not a question about whether you accept them or not. You're supposed to accept them. Unfortunately, that's that's part of the new apostolic reformation movement. Yeah, then they are mm -hmm. a lot of churches. So, so we do have a we do have you know a of a lot of things that need to get back to uh, biblical teaching. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, if we don't have the Bible as our basis for reference, all we have is subjectivity, uh, authoritarianism, some form of cult, occult government, and then, mm -hmm. and then well, we're told to obey our government without question, accept everything they they tell us to do. That you know. That is something that can um, destroy the church. Like many of the churches in Nazi Germany, they didn't question some of the teaching of Adolf Hitler. Right. After a while. In fact, some of these churches started to change their hymns uh, to, to fit in with this concept of the German Messiah. Mm -hmm. so it's almost like they went too far in accepting authority without question. And they just, and we have the same danger in, in our our so-called countries now that are supposed to be democratic. Well, the foundation of real democracy is a reformation understanding 
of the authority of God, that God is the highest authority, not human government, not the Pope, not the king, not the prince. Mm -hmm. All human beings are accountable to God and his revelations. Right. If we don't understand that. Well, we don't, we, you can't have democracy. Without a well-educated populace, you can't really have a functioning democracy. You know, eventually it, mm -hmm. it turns chaotic or something, and then some strong leader steps in, and, and then game over. Yeah. You know, you mentioned earlier, Brian, about <clears throat> listening to a person because they got a doctor in front of their name. And the two people that flashed into my mind immediately was Dr. Kevorkian and Dr. Mangala. You know, it's like they had doctors in front of their names. And look what happened. But um, yeah. and then I think of uh, the evolutionist uh, Darwin, you know, uh, the science bases everything on what Darwin had to say. You know, now they're getting away from that because they realize it's not right. Yeah. But there's no amount of time. But um, anyway, um, so when you look at scientists, you know, they will often say that um, they will often say that, uh, you know, scientists speculate, scientists think, scientists uh, are rumored to, you know, you hear all these kind of middle of the road uh, words, you know, that's not scientists are thinking, not scientists believe without a doubt or anything like that. And, you know, what I try to tell people is, okay, well, you know, if you went to a doctor, surgeon, let's say to have, a, you know, an operation, and he said, I think I can do it, or he says, you know, or you go to another doctor for an operation, he says, well, you know, I've read how to do it. You know, it's like yeah. you wouldn't go there. You, you just walk out and leave, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and it's the same way with, with, with pastors, you know. You can go to every seminary that there is and get a diploma from each one of them, but it doesn't mean that you're right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, and me, I know you're probably the same way, Brian, and you too, Gordy, when you go to a church, you got your antenna up and you're listening, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I listened to the words and um, I was, I was going to um, Calvary Chapel one time. I, I was looking for a new church and, and I went there and I sat next to this. They were a nice couple, ignorant, but nice. And, um, so during the break, he looked at me and he says, we listen and do everything the pastor says. And I went, whoa. <laughs> so anyway, you know, then we started back with the service again. Wow. And uh, so at the end, I, I, when I was getting ready to walk out, I, I had to do a hit and run because I didn't want to get in an argument. And I says, you know, which is for what you said before. I says, if he asks you to drink the Kool-Aid, don't drink it, you know. Yeah. And he just kind of looked at me and, and I'm like, they're not always right. You know, yeah, right. and I walked out and never went back. But, uh, you know, it's it's amazing that some of the dreck that comes out of a pastor's mouth or, you know, any leader's mouth, you know, and, and that's you brought up the COVID thing before. You know, it's people are constantly being um, bombarded and brainwashed into, you know, oh, COVID bad, you know, uh, nowhere a mask, you bad, you know, and, and everything else. And um uh, they're, you know, I'm convinced that they're sending messages over the you know, covert messages over the Internet and over the radio and over the television that, you know, aren't, aren't at face value, but they're going into the psyche and they're working mm -hmm. on it, much like they used to do with Coke, uh, 
Coca-Cola at the, uh, the indoor theater or outdoor theater. And um, so I can't, you know, when people are brainwashed like that, I really can't get upset with them because they're products of their environment, yeah. you know, and you just got to try to try many times unsuccessful to talk to them and try to share the truth with them, or at least pray that God will open up their eyes, you know? And, um, I don't know. I've run into it so much in churches, you know, with, with false beliefs and stuff. And, uh, the one I've really come up against is the, uh, you know, Israel's forsaken forever yeah. by God because they didn't believe. Yeah. And I, so I turn around and I go, okay, so you're Israel now, right? Oh yeah, we're Israel now. And I said, in Revelation, who's God coming back to save? Well, he's coming back to save Israel. I said, well, if he's coming back to save Israel, then you must not be saved. You know, and boy, they just, they sit there and they kind of think for a minute. And sometimes yeah. they'll have a, a little rebuff to it or something like that. But it's the truth. If you think you're Israel and Israel's the base and it's got to be saved, you're not saved. But people, you know, I really wish that people had more of a an outlook, more of an ability to discern. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, these things, you know, and I think that one of the prayers we need to have is to pray that God just showers people with discernment yeah. so that they can see, because there's going to come a day when he says to them, come out of them, my people, come out of her, my people. Yeah. And don't share. Uh, so you don't have to share um, with the punishments that she's going to receive, meaning the, the false church. But I see churches, you know, gradually, gradually going down the drain. You know, they're circling and getting closer to the vortex, inner vortex. And, um, but, uh, you know, and, and all my life I've heard Protestants, you know, um, talk about the Catholics. Oh, they believe this. They, they're not saved. But, you know, the same Christians that are telling me that are believing, you know, lots of different things. Um, and we won't go into the Christmas and Easter thing, but, you know, um, they're believing some of the NAR stuff that's becoming more and more prevalent. The music that's sung in churches now is not Christ focused. It's mm -hmm. focused on the people that what they're doing for Jesus, you know, not what Jesus did for us. And uh, it's just a shame to watch. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about Nazi Germany uh, that was actually set up about 350 years before Hitler ever came to rise because I don't Google it sometimes and see what Martin Luther wrote wrote about the uh, about the Jews. Mm -hmm. I mean, it shouldn't have not, never have come out of a Christian's mouth. No, you know uh, there was a rabid hatred in that that treatise that he made. Yeah, and you know, and so the the German Church, especially the Protestants, that ruminated for years and centuries, and you know, and 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 it came to fruition with Hitler. That's, I think, one of the reasons why they didn't look back. They were had been inculcated all those years about, uh, and it always makes me laugh. Um, a long time ago in Germany, if you were Jewish, you didn't have a like a German-sounding last name. But when, after they invited the Jews into Germany, the Germans basically told them, "Hey, if you want to live here, you got to take on a German name." So that's why you know a lot of Ger uh, Jews have German last names, but. Some of the people that had the same last names didn't like it. So if you see like um, Herman as a last name, if it has one end, it could be Jewish. If it has two, it's German. I don't know if you knew that. Zimmerman is the same way. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, you know, it's it's like, okay, come in and be part of us, but then we don't want to be part of you. <laughs> it's, 
So it's, you know, there's, there's been deception in the church since the church started. Um, probably not so much when it started, but, you know, with the onset of Catholicism and, and things like that, um, things got kind of wild and hairy. But, um, anyway, it's, uh, it's all going to work itself out. You know, Yeshua will work it out. And, um, you know, there'll be a, uh, a bride spotless for him when he comes, to, when he comes. And I think, you know, he got the father sees us that way anyway. Right. I mean, man, he was going to ding us for every problem that we have. You know, we'd never get to be the bride of Christ, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But um, so anyway, uh, it's just and, and it's the same thing with uh, I don't know if you've asked this question in church, but I do quite often. You know, do you believe in UFOs or do you believe in life on other planets? Oh, yes. With all the millions of planets out there. There's got to be life. And I feel like I'm watching the History Channel, you know, and I know they did. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, you know, so we, I go into the whole thing, you know, well, Jesus died. I mean, if Adam sinned and it polluted the whole universe and there's people out there, then does Jesus have to go and die on every planet when it says that he died once and for all? And why would God condemn them to his, the fate of uh, um, the sin nature and death? without them actually having sinned on that world, you know, and, and then it becomes basically impossible for them to answer. But, you know, there's that lie and there's the, the UFO lie and, and everything else. And the church is just swallowing a hook, uh, hook and sinker. And um, it's just, it's just a sad thing to see, you know, people need to turn off the history channel, the discovery channel, all those channels that have documentaries on them, unless something is Christ centered. And even then you got to be careful. Um, there was a thing out the other, oh, probably about 10, 12 years ago, maybe longer. And it was, um, what was it? Jesus Christ, the real story or something like that. And I started watching it because I received a free um, videotape in the mail. And right at the beginning, the narrator who was a woman says, yeah, Jesus was, uh, was God, was God in spirit only. Oh, and I'm like, that's a false. Yeah, that's a red flag right there. I just took the disc out and threw it out. You know, it's I didn't even want to hear what they had to say because they, they were trying to they sowed the bread with the yeast right there. Right. And it was going to start to rise and the sin was just going to start, you know, multiplying. Yeah. And and uh, so anyway, we've got to be so careful about what we do, what we say, what we think, what we watch what and everything else, because you think it's bad now. <laughs> Wait yeah. another five years if the Lord tarries, you know, and uh, I don't know. The, the church has to wake up. That's all yeah. there is to it. So um, you're right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, where was I going to go with this? I forgot. I had an idea about the bases again, and I, I totally dropped it from my brain. Um. Oh, I, I watched that documentary the other night, and something was very profound. In I don't really remember the name of it, but it, it was talking about basically that that um, that uh, state policeman. Oh, I know who it was. I, I, I downloaded it. Hold on a second. I can I can give you the title. Um, let's see. Okay, bear with me. Okay, let's see. There. 
Okay. Nope. Oh, man. It's always when you have to look for something and it's not there. Oh, well. Anyway, um, it was talking about the, uh, the state policeman, uh, and uh, I can find it and send it to you guys and maybe post it on another site so that people can get it. But it talked about him and uh, how this, this fella had developed a, a friendship relationship with him and how um, that sheriff was uh, going to take him. No, the state policeman was going to take him up on, I can't pronounce the name of that, Mesa, um, down in New Mexico by Dulce, uh, up on the mountain to show him where the air vents were for the base. But um, he uh, he was just talking all about that and uh, about the um, – the base itself, and and I told you he he uh, told talked about some of the drawings that the uh, Native Americans had driven had drawn and showed to him. But uh, the presenter that was at that conference, um, he was um, in the middle of the conference. This guy said um, he he kind of got a worried look on his face, and so so much so that the the guy that was sponsoring her, one of the guys that sponsored it, walked up to him and said, are you okay? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm okay, you know. And so he finished it, and then he was leaving. And he got in his car, and he went home, and he, he had uh, the guy that presented it hadn't uh, heard from him for a while and and said to him, called him up and said, how you doing? He goes, oh, man, I've been sick. You know, I've, you name it, it's happened to me. My, my joints hurt, my muscles hurt, um, everything, you know, and, it's been going on for weeks and weeks. And so he happened to, this uh, presenter happened to run into somebody that was in the military that had worked with uh, nerve gas and stuff like that. And, and uh, he, he gave the um, symptoms that this man had to the, to the officer, the enlisted man, whatever he was. And uh, the guy goes, was he exposed to nerve gas? And, uh, so this guy said, well, I don't know. I wasn't. I touched some of the stuff that he had, and I, I didn't get anything. He goes, they probably put it on the handle of his door. Hmm. Uh, and then he described all the symptoms that this guy had, and sure enough. So somebody had tried to get rid of him. <laughs> and uh, so he, wow. he came out with a warning that, you know, if, if you're going to talk about this stuff and, and reveal stuff, you got to be careful. You know, not us. We're just rehashing stuff that's been out there. You know, I don't think there's any problem for us, but um, still, it's uh, it's a hazardous thing to do. It really is because you're, you're dealing with actually, if you're dealing with revealing aliens, you're dealing with powers and principalities and rulers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Yeah. You know, and uh, we have to be careful because um, there's a scripture that talks about uh, being careful what we do when it comes to spiritual warfare, actually. It says, because not even Michael, the archangel, when he was contending for the body of Moses, rebuked the um, rebuked uh, Satan, except to say the Lord rebuke you, you know. And, you know, I got I see Christians constantly. I remember being in a church. We always talk about stamping on the devil's head, you know, and I'm like, I never sang that song when they sang it. You know, it's not in my power to stamp on the devil's head. You know, if the Lord uses me and that happens, that's great. Um but I'm not going to go marching in, you know, because I'll get chewed up and spit out. Um, I want to do what the Lord tells me to do, not what my flesh is telling me to do. And um, 
So, again, we have to be really careful in what we do, when we do it, how we do it, how we say it, how we think it, the whole nine yards. And and constantly, you know, Lord, should I do this? You know, I had a word to give to a brother uh, down in Roswell a few years ago, and uh, it wasn't a good word. You know, it's basically you're messing around with the world. You need to stop it or this is going to happen. And, man, I struggle with that. I was, I was, Lord, I don't want to do this. Well, you need to mail it to me. I don't want to do it, Lord, and I didn't do it. <laughs> And so finally, uh, July came around. It was time to go to Roswell. And the Lord made sure I took that word with me. And uh, so the whole time I was down there, the Lord's like, give it to him, give it to him. (laughs) And so I worked it out in my flesh, unfortunately, um, that I gave it. I went to his office and I dropped it off there. It said, you know, for your eyes only and stuff. And and boy, he he didn't take it very well. And uh, it was not a pretty thing. He tried to ruin the delusion resistance and, you know, bad mouth and everything and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, it's all in your hands, Lord. You know, it's all in your hands. The first lesson I learned is that you obey the Lord right away because he might have taken it better had I sent it when the Lord told me to send it. And second of all is to realize that even if the, the, those things are coming against me, to put it in his hands. And once I put it in the Lord's hands... Everything worked out. It's like everything he did came back to him. It was like he was throwing a, a ping pong ball at the wall and it was kept hitting him back, you know, and our tennis ball maybe is a better example. But um, so when these things come up, we need to remember, you know, he's battling for us. You know, we, we might be tools in the battle once in a while, but he's battling for us. And, and we need to um, just like Israel didn't want a king. Or they wanted a king, and the Lord's like, well, I'm your king. <laughs> what do you want a king for? And then he granted their wish. And the kings always, the kings gave him grief the whole time. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of examples in the Bible where, you know, the people wanted something, and they went after it, and it was a big mistake. Um, so, man, we just got to learn to walk carefully and prayerfully and, and to um, consider things, you know. Um, I've, I've got the gift of prophecy and I've had to write some things to people every once in a while. And, and I've learned after I write it, I sit on it for a few days, not like the first instance where I sat on it for months, but, uh, you sit on it and you pray, Lord, is this really what you wanted me to write? Is it really what you wanted me to say? And there's been times when I've, I felt, no, this is not what he wanted. This was written in the flesh. Um, it's not the way God would speak to somebody. And I threw it out, and I'm glad I did because, you know, next week I'd find out, hey, it was a big mistake, you know, and then you got to question, where did that come from? <laughs> you know? Anyway, I'm, I'm just kind of babbling on, and I apologize because it's about time to end. Um, but, uh, well, I just, you know, I thank you guys for coming. If anybody has anything else to say, please go for it. And everybody looks tired. <laughs> I'm good. I'm okay too. Okay. Well, folks, we want to thank you. Um, We want to thank Gordy, first of all. Thanks for coming on, Gordy. You're welcome. And I know this isn't going to be your last time. So we'll we'll have you on some more because you're you're a breath of fresh air. Yeah. You really are. And and you're you're our brother too. So we love you. And uh, Brian, thank you. Yes, Brian. Yeah. And. so anyway, having said that, um, uh, let's see. Gordy, um, do you have a, a place where people can reach you at? 
um, if, if they want to contact you, I know it's you got an email address. I have an email address. Um, did I give it to you last time? Yeah, but you know, the people that are watching today might not. Okay. Have um, watched. Uh, it's Noah Dove. N O A H D O V E zero zero. Okay. N O A H D O V E zero zero seven seven at gmail.com or proton mail. Okay, so three zeros and three sevens. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh you got a proton oh, mail two too. Two, oh. uh, both, yeah. Okay, zero zero seven seven. Yeah, zero zero seven seven at gmail.com. Okay. Um yeah, I have I've given out my phone number in the past sometimes even but um You're braver uh, than I am. Uh, I do get some crank calls, but that's expected, you know. It's, yeah. Well, you got a YouTube channel too, though, right? Uh, I have a YouTube channel as well called Noah's Dove. Mm-hmm. And there's, yeah, um, a lot of different videos and interviews and apologetics and discernment stuff. Um, uh, if if you just type in Noah's Dove, uh, you'll find two channels. My first channel. Uh, can be recognized with uh, a blue dove on a white background. Mm-hmm. But then my computer crashed because I had malware and stuff, and I can't get back into that channel. So I had to set up another Noah's Dove where I can submit stuff, and I can't, you know. So it's still called Noah's Dove, but there's a green circle with the letter N. So if they find okay. that, I'll be able to, you know, if they really want to talk to me in person, maybe they, um, uh, they can... Um, yeah, you can give out my number, um, David, if you want. Um, all I have is your BC number. Oh, that that's all right. Are you talking about giving it out now or if they get a hold, hold of me? I'll get a hold of you first. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, um, I do get some uh, strange calls sometimes from people. I, I run a paranormal help hotline, so I get calls mm-hmm. anyways. Okay. Right. It's it's just on Craigslist under mm-hmm. general, um, general uh, information. So and that would be BC. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, okay. I'm not that well known, so there's not a lot of people who don't even know who I am. So I don't really get that many calls right now. Okay. Yeah, I got one one time. It was some guy on a cell phone saying he was being abducted. <laughs> <laughs> help! Help me! They're abducting me! They're abducting me! <laughs> Maybe he was. Was he really getting abducted? No, no, it was a joke. Because <laughs> he called back a second time, and I'm like, wow, that's good cell service <laughs> from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! But I really Both. Enjoy the fellowship we've had today—it's been great. It's good to, you know, uh, have some uh, brothers of, of like mind and and definitely, we, you know, we really want to know uh, the will of God and what God is saying to us these days. Mm-hmm. And if we can be used by God to warn a few people, that's that's great. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you, Gordy. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, audience. Until we meet again on next Monday, uh, have a blessed uh, week and weekend. And uh, we'll see you again here, 630 Sharp on Opposing the Matrix. So I'm going to end this now. Yeah.